So here we go, Life Jitsu, Art of Life, new episode, 6 o'clock Sunday night here in Las Vegas, pretty beautiful day, 90 and sunny, this park where I'm at right now, getting a walk-in's packed, just got done working out, and there's nothing in particular I want to talk about, a lot of times I say, you know, that this is a podcast kind of like Seinfeld, about nothing, nothing and everything, seeing the everything and nothing, that to me is... The art of conversation, the art of curiosity is just wanting to know about everything, right? Like Sid the science kid, you just, you're just curious of everything. I could sit there, we could, we could look at a table and we could go deep. We can go metaphysically, quantum physics deep. We can get into meaning of life conversations, just sitting there looking at tables like we did back at the University of Maryland. So I just like to... Uh, to go through life and see new things. I appreciate little things. So, for instance, I was just at the gym. I was working out. And uh, different days, I'm, I'm very instinctual in the gym. Um, I don't go hard. You know, in the old days, of course, you're in your teens, you're in your 20s, and you don't know what you're doing. You're not scientific, and you're just going hard, right? Just gorilla, rrr, 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 savage. And you think, wow, that you're angry, and you're just working out hard, and get better every day and all that stuff but uh now on the cusp of 46 yeah i'm gonna i'm one of those people i say my age because there's a lot of people out there there was someone on a very prominent podcast recently and supposedly knew a lot about nutrition um a lot of what she was saying i did not agree with actually just don't subscribe to those theories don't see it through that prism and i found it interesting here she was PhD purporting to be an expert and yet uh, wouldn't say her age, right? If, if your diet is so great, then uh, tell us your age. I mean, for instance, right? If my, my diet is part of the part of the priority of it is age defiance. That's what I'm after. Longevity, high quality years. I want probability on my side when it comes to living a long time and and still being able to get better and stronger and more energy and better recovery weight loss by the way on my fours of fit program weight loss isn't even a top five priority all these you know nutritionists and all their their programs and they're after their six-pack abs and this that the other all the vanity stuff that's not even in my top five I know people want to look good and images everything and all that to a lot of people. It's not even the top five for me. Not even top five. It's incidental. It just happens. It's a byproduct. I'm walking around 13, 14 pounds lighter than I want to be. I'm 139, 140 pounds. I don't like that. I wish I was 6'3", 220, ripped, shredded. And I wish that the good Lord had made me like that. But that's not what happened. So as it happens, it's, it's, it's almost 5'9", 130, that's where I'm supposed to be. I'm walking around 14 pounds lighter. I eat whenever I want. I eat 10 at night, uh, 11 at night. There's no denying. There's no depriving. And still, walking around at, when I'm not even working that hard, I'm walking around at 9.5% at body fat. 9%. Not even trying really that much. Minimal, going to, to the gym, going through the motions as one of my friend said he's a guy from he Persian here he's from Iran originally he's a funny guy and he he uh he sees me at the gym and he said my friend you don't work out so hard and uh yeah 
like, wow, well, I guess I don't. But I do pick my days. I still pick my spots. I still get a little grill in that gym. But anyway, I mean, don't hide around the age. That age thing, that doesn't psychologically influence me. I mean, I'm just, I'm still, I'm in the age defiance business. So people are scared to say their age. People are going to think you're old. People are going to buy your program, whatever. Be upfront with people so that they can really have a have a good idea of what you do. If you're using steroids, right? If you're on TRT, testosterone replacement, if you're on H, whatever they call it, HCG, I don't even know how, what any of this stuff is because I don't, I mean, I don't endorse it. If you're on steroids, you're on human growth hormone, you're on TRT, whatever it is you're on, you know, Botox, whatever, just be honest with people. That's your per, That's your prerogative. If you want to use that stuff, that's your prerogative, but just let the buyer know. Let them know, are your results because of your nutrition program, or are your results because you're on HGH, steroids, anything else you can get your hands on? What are your results? Your Botox, what are your results from? Just be honest. Let people know what's under the hood, right? That's it. That's all. It's not a judgment. I've got plenty of friends that are, you know, they use steroids, I mean, in professional sports and in jiu-jitsu, whatever. I mean, there's tons of people on steroids and HGH, too many to name, TRT, whatever else they can shove in their bodies for a performance edge. That's, that's fine. You're doing you. It's all good. I'm not, I'm not going to out anybody. I'm not going to out you. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying, give people context. Give them a perspective. Let them know how did you produce those results so that they know, well, maybe they need to use steroids too if that's their thing, like you did. But be honest, because I'm proud of, of, you know, no steroids, no HGH, no HCG, no TRT, no Botox, none of that. And I'm certainly far from perfect, but the results that I get with my program are the combination of a little bit lucky with genetics, clean living for a lot of years, and getting better and better. At what you know, I'm writing. I'm rewriting the the, the Forza Fit Nutrition Program as we speak, and man, it is like childbirth for men. Because of course, uh, as happenstance would have it, last week I was working on it. I got up at six thirty in the morning. I'm writing it, and my computer crashed, and I lost uh, roughly eighty percent of my program. So I'm still rewriting it. And one of the things I love talking about: you don't know what you don't know. I was the health, hey, people used to say, the healthiest guy I know, the organic tank. People had all, always had questions for me. It was not something, I didn't want to be in the nutrition consulting space. I didn't want to write a nutrition program. It was incidental. It's just something I was doing to be age-defying. I had someone that I really loved who got really sick, and I wanted to help. I wanted to help him heal, help him improve. And those were my purposes. And then I was getting the blood clots. And I thought I was so healthy forever and ever, and you just don't know what you don't know. Now I look back on the, the 32 years of weight cutting and making weight for over 300 matches in wrestling and jiu-jitsu, submission grappling. I look back on that, and I'm like, wow, I didn't... Everybody thought I was the healthiest person. I thought my diet was so healthy because I was, you know, almost no fat, low sugar. I'm like, man, I have, you know, fat's the ba- fat's a demon, Right? I have hardly any fat. I mean, I'm like I probably don't even have didn't even have 10% of my calories coming from fat. So I'm super healthy. Hardly any salt, hardly any processed foods. Very low sugar. I'm the healthiest thing on two feet, so I thought. So for 31 years or so, that's how I walked around and relatively speaking, relative to people around me, I was super healthy. 
because I was really disciplined. I was really clean living. Hardly ever drank. Didn't smoke. Didn't smoke anything. Didn't do any drugs. Recreational. If that's your thing, it's fine. Just saying, I'm just putting in perspective how I do things, what I do, so you can gauge, you know, take from what I say what you will. I'm not, I'm not judging. Don't be, you know, don't get so upset. People get so defensive when you say, oh, he doesn't use steroids, but I do, and that must mean that he doesn't like steroids. Man, no. The world needs all kinds of personalities. If that's your thing, just be honest about it. That's my thing. Be upfront with people so they can know. If somebody's into steroids and they want to look like you and that's how you got the results, and they know, hey, if I want to look like him, I probably got to use steroids. That's your call. I don't do that. I don't endorse that. That's not what I get behind. I just want people to know that. So more of us should be should be uh, forthcoming about a lot of things, our age, right? How are you going to say your program is so great and you can't even tell people your age? Give me a break. Give me a break. I mean, that, that's that's just weak. So anyway, this is how I you know, spent my day. I just got back from the gym. And one of the things that always stands out to me, you see here, like for instance here in Vegas, I mean, probably 30% of the dudes in the gym, maybe even higher some days, they are walking around. I mean, they've got their chests puffed out and, you know, the chip on the shoulder thing, and they're just the greatest thing on two feet, and they're the most alpha thing in the room, and just alpha posturing, peacocking, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of that, and it's especially the percentage of people gets higher when you get around some steel weights for some reason, and always reminds me of a Bruce Lee phrase, boards don't hit back, and I always think, well, hey, my buddy, like, weights don't hit back, right? You can save that act. I see you moving that weight. Weights don't hit back, right? There's there's that power, and then there's functional power, right? I mean, people don't realize with grapplers and fighting, you can see these skinny people, and they just know how to use their power, and you, you push up against them. It's like, wow, how dense is this person? How dense is this fighter, this combat athlete? Wow, where did this wiry power come from? And they're not moving a lot of weight in the gym, but they'll throw you on your head. And they'll feel like a 300-pound, 150-pound grappler who knows how to use his or her weight will feel like they're 300 pounds. Or you feel like you're in quicksand when you're underneath of them. So the interesting thing, though, is I see so many people that are peacocking and they're alpha, and I'm thinking, again, man, brother, I want to just walk up to some of them every now and again. Look, you just, you, you just can save that whole act. You can see through it. I mean, you just don't know what you don't know. If you knew, if you spent the time in the fight game as someone like me, if you've been around and you know the violence, and I don't mean glorifying violence, I'm just saying fight game violence, combat sports, um, UFC, the things that go on in training, the intense, the grueling sessions, the injuries, people getting hurt, people getting choked out, people getting knees popped, arms popped, the hurt biz. If you spent... 30-some years, I mean, I've seen a lot of street situations. I've seen people knocked out. I mean, I've seen heads hit hit concrete. I've seen, you know, people get stopped. I've seen, I've seen people baseball bats. I've seen a lot of stuff growing up in Baltimore, too. Things you shouldn't see, but, but, you, but I saw them. And I'm thinking, if you saw what I saw, you saw what a lot of us vets in the fight game or people in the military or Navy, so if you saw what they saw, you would not walk around like that. You would not be walking like that because you'd realize, like a, a guy once said to me, I went to this pro wrestler convention, right? These old pro wrestlers, some of the legends, Killer Kowalski and some of the Bobby Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gene, Judo Gene LaBelle was there. And, and anyway, 
one of the pro wrestlers said to me, big guy, seen it all, said, you know, an ounce of water will kill you. It don't take much. An ounce, two, three ounces of water in the right spot can kill you. Right? I mean, it takes 25 pounds of pressure or so in the right place, the right angle to, you know, you could be a 200-some pound muscle head to just rip that knee to shreds. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take as much. I mean, you see, you watch a well-placed hook, right hook to the chin that you don't see coming, that's set up properly. It doesn't take much, and the lights are out, and then you hit. So why walk around like that? When you re- I mean, you just, you just don't know. You're just stupid. You're ignorant when you walk around like that. Because if you realize no matter how tough you are, no matter how rough you are, you will bleed you are vulnerable. You can be attacked. You can be hurt. You look even at some of these war zones and everything, and even people in the, in the hood or the neighborhoods where I grew up. You look at them. I mean, some of it's just luck. You're, if, you're, if you're a Navy SEAL and you're in battle and who lives and who dies, it's just to, to fate or to luck. Sometimes the toughest person might be one of the first people killed in battle. Toughest and roughest just got the wrong bullet, the wrong place, wrong place, wrong time dead and you have in 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 war zones you might have people that aren't nearly as brave you might even have had some cowards over the years i'm sure there have been cowards on in some war zones in the in the world throughout the ages who were scared and they lived and somebody who was 10 times braver 10 times better fighter died there's no rhyme or reason because we can all be vulnerable the bravest sometimes might die the quickest for being too brave and when you realize how easy it is to hurt and be hurt. You actually wind up respecting life more. You respect life more. You, you, you do carry yourself with a little more humility because you know, wow, anybody, I mean, anybody can just be taken out. Anybody can be, can be roughed up. Anybody can get beat up. Anybody. And if you don't think that, then you just haven't seen enough. You're ignorant. You haven't really, you haven't been in the trenches enough. And when you realize how easy it is to get hurt or to hurt people, you will go out of your way. You will bend over backwards not to have a physical or a violent confrontation. You'll bend over back. You become a little pacifistic. You know, the art now, especially this season of my life, I don't want to be in any fights. For me, it's all about diffusion, you know, diffusing situations, the art of diffusing, deflecting, right? Just turning a hostile person, turning an enemy into an ally. That's it. I take more pride in that. I would take more pride in telling people a story about, hey, this person was mad, whatever, and then we worked it out, and then we, we talked hour for an hour, and now we're friends, and now we're doing business together, and whatever, and our kids play together, whatever. I would take much more joy telling you that story now than, well, and then he said whatever, and then I had to get up, and nah. Too much in that situation. Too, too, uh, too many bad things can happen. So I see a lot of people blinded by that testosterone, blinded by ignorance, advertising that, hey, you haven't been in enough situations. You haven't. When you're in enough situations, you realize, oh my goodness. Never feels good even to hurt another person. Doesn't feel good, man. If, if, if you hurt other people physically or otherwise and it feels good to you, you got problems. And I'm not saying, listen, 
I mean, there are people, I'm Italian, so you can hear my voice, and this, by the way, this is how I regularly talk, people think I'm upset or I'm whatever hostile, this is not in the least, this is just my normal East Coast passionate flavor, this is just how I am, this is just how I, this is a good vibration for me to think and just fire off my thoughts and be creative, so this is me in a good mood, the sun is shining down, I'm pretty happy, um, so just just uh, just know that about me for future reference. This is this is just this is my intensity. This is my zest for for life. But um, I've been in this fight along this fight game a long time. And as I said uh, in my TED talk, TEDx talk, I got in it because I was afraid. And this was really a people builder for me, the martial arts space. And I just wanted to build myself up. I didn't want to be scared. I didn't ever want to go into a room where somebody was better than me because if they were better than me that meant that they might make trouble and then I might uh, get beat up or hurt or whatever so for me for the longest time it was always the most important thing was try to be the baddest most alpha person in the room I really wanted to be that I valued that so much for so long well into my adulthood the scars of Baltimore Baltimore scarred me so much it was such a violent place it was such a if you look at someone the wrong way People were ready to beat you up and jump you, whatever. So, for me, um, I just wanted to, hey man, I want to be the baddest, roughest, toughest. That was super important, even though hey, I didn't know what I didn't know. I'm like, you're a Frank, you're 150 pounds, you're 155 pounds, come on. Like, what's the, you're not even, you're not a super athlete, you're a, you're a good athlete at best, but there are way better athletes, there are people that are way bigger, there are people who are studying just as hard, and people who have their bone density is better, their ligament strength is better, and whatever, they're born with more gifts, they're, they've been doing it longer, I didn't start in the, in the fight sports till I was about 14, um, you have, uh, you have some of these kids now, I mean, Floyd Mayweather started boxing when he was two, right, two years old, and you have some of these other kids now, I mean, they're starting at four or five, I mean, I know world champions in jiu-jitsu, they're starting at four or five years old, so that's a big jump, right, that's a big advantage, in my opinion, Robert Drysdale, who gave me my black belt in jiu-jitsu, disagrees, but, you know, citing burnout and things like that, but, uh, you know, maybe Robert and I actually might do a podcast pretty soon, we'll probably have that debate, maybe, um, if we're mindful of it, but anyway, you just you live, you learn. I mean, now that whole tough guy shtick, and now for men, no way. I would, I would take a lot more pride in uh, doing something nice for somebody. It's not important to me how tough people think I am. I, I had to concede. You, you know, it's tough, but you have to concede sometimes. Like I'm in a chapter of my life where, hey, you're getting ready to be 46, and I have to realize. Listen, I mean, I call it when the cheering stops. I mean. All those tournaments, how much further do you want to go? How much more tread do you have on the tire, the body, to go through that that level of training? What can you get out of it now, Frank? I mean, what are you going to get? A, a Masters World title? What, what's there? A, a Pan American title? What's the prize? What's the dangling carrot? And then, of course, what's the risk versus what's the reward? Well, the risk is if shoulders come out of the socket 13 times, I got a titanium plate in the neck, 27-inch scar down the down the leg. I was getting blood clots there, um, and you know I've had three broken hands and knee surgeries and whatever. I mean, it's the hurt biz, torn rib cartilage, and and on and on and on and on. 
And it's also, I mean, my combat sports career, working through so many career-threatening injuries, so many injuries, is just a distraction to business. And I'm so behind now on business because I put everything, most of my chips into my combat sports career and a lot of that just working around injuries and weight cuts and just being so consumed with it and I have an all or nothing relationship like I'm all in the grappling and the combat sports and the tournaments my training took precedence and priority over almost everything so do you want to stay in training five six seven eight times a week and I'm including in that cycling and, and hiking and weight training and circuits and swimming. And I mean, you're talking now, you're talking 10 workouts a, a week. Do you want to do that? And then you're more tired because you need more sleep. And so you just don't have nearly as much energy for the entrepreneurial stuff, for your business stuff, to accumulate wealth, which is needed. Wealth and resources to grow business do you want to do you want to keep doing that and have a fraction of the energy for business and entrepreneurship or do you want to finally go all in on entrepreneurship which is a fr- new frontier you haven't you haven't conquered it you haven't you haven't thrived as an entrepreneur it's been tough sailing a lot of hard lessons a lot of trial and error a lot of learning how to do learning what to do mostly by learning what not to do And so, you know, entrepreneurship, unless you were lucky with great parenting or great mentors, they sent you to great schools, whatever. For those of us who grew up in inner city Baltimore, that was not a, uh, they weren't teaching entrepreneurship, I can promise you that, where there was 30-some percent high school graduation rate, which I think even in recent years was 30-some percent. Um, That was just something we got skipped over. You didn't, you didn't learn that, so... I'm playing catch-up in that entrepreneur game. I've made tremendous strides. But anyway, I'm thinking of that, you know, and, and by the way, um, so yeah, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, um, maybe this is the end, right? Maybe this is the end. Maybe it's time for a new chapter. And if so, I'm okay with that because the truth is, we have to be honest with ourselves, the truth is, is that I took the jujitsu thing and the wrestling thing and the grappling thing as far as I could take it. I took it as far as I could take it. And at best, at best, I was really good. I was world class. I did compete against some of the world's best. Generally speaking, in training and in competition, I did hold my own. I did not embarrass myself. I belonged on the mat with them. But I never beat one of the world champions. I never beat the elite elite. I never did. I was respectable. I had respectable showings, and I was tough, and I think I did a lot better than people thought I would. I was a gamer. When, when the competition got better, I got better. But at the end of the day, I was not elite elite. I'm not going to be in the history books. I'm not part of the decimal of grapplers. My name's not going to be on a Mount Rushmore. People aren't tripping over themselves to... Uh, you know, if I start an affiliation and they're not, I'm not a big name in jiu-jitsu. A lot of people in the know know of me or have heard of me, of course. But I'm not this huge name by any means 
in the grappling world. By the way, there are world champions that aren't big names. It's just unfair. And there are people that aren't nearly as good. It's like life, right? Some people not nearly as good were never world champions, and yet they have huge affiliations and great with marketing, etc., and make you think that they're better than they were. Then you have some really quiet, humble world champions making forty or 50000 a year, and they're Jedis, right? The Jedis behind the Jedis, I call them. So anyway, um, that's... Uh, that's something that I that I uh, that I think about. Like this could be the, the time in the end. It's like I'm I'm in these chapters of my life now to be great. I want to be great at things, and maybe we're reaching a time where we're talking about sport competition. I mean, you know, winning masters titles in my age group it doesn't really whet my appetite quite the same for everything that it takes. Yeah, could I win? more titles and more, a lot more matches in my age group, of course I could. Could I go down in age and, and still win some matches there? Uh, of course I could. But what's the, what's the reward versus the risk? The risk is I'm going to have less energy to put into entrepreneurship. I'm going to have a lot less to show as an entrepreneur. What's the return on investment? Just the thrill, the aliveness that I get. I love that. I mean, it's great, but I've already got the gold for the soul from the martial arts. I've already got it. I've got the confidence, the stain of confidence that you need that can't be washed away. I've got it. So why am I going to stay? Um, I'm, I'm not stay, staying. I'm just going to, at the best, I'll be good or really good. So what at this point? I have a chance in business to do some great things. I have a chance to be challenged with something new and a whole new frontier. I have a chance to do something that scares me a little bit, something that for years I thought, well, I'm just not meant to do that. I'm not meant to thrive at that. And, and so succeeding in that endeavor, in the entrepreneur endeavor, will give me great satisfaction, great fulfillment. It's a big challenge. It makes me want to jump out of bed. So that really entices me now. I still love grappling, but I'll be honest, for the first time in my life I had... I've been injured for the last four, four and a half months or so, and I haven't trained very much, very minimally. And I don't miss it like I used to. Before, even when I was injured and I had a lot of serious injuries, I couldn't wait to get back on the mat. I would usually work around the injury. I would usually train hurt as well. I would come back prematurely because I didn't want to stay off the mats. I just wanted to be out there. It was too hard. It was too impatient. I loved it. I was addicted. So... When you, when you look at that now, it's like, well, wait, I don't, I don't miss it quite the same. I'm okay with these new chapters, and I'm okay with days that are spent trying to build business. And maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign. Say, hey, I know you still love grappling, but you don't love it like you used to, and the rewards that you want are not there like I want them. And by the way, I want to say this. So the interesting thing with the entrepreneur stuff, um, get ready for a lot of rejection, right? Like it's like being a white belt in jiu-jitsu. You're a white belt in jiu-jitsu and you just get beat and get beat and you have to just keep showing up, right? Nobody, very few people love it from day one. I met, someone was telling me the other day that she loved it from day one. Very few people I know. I mean, you don't love that. You just, you're challenged by it. You want to learn it. You're from afar, it's exciting, but it's not exciting sitting there losing, 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 and then trying to convince yourself on the drive home why you should go back tomorrow, and your neck hurts, and this hurts. That's not fun. There's a lot of rejection in being a white belt. It's a 
it's a lot it's a lesson in persistence and resilience so same thing in business i mean i had a rough couple of weeks here with my computer crashing and losing my forza fit nutrition program and i've had a lot of no's for some projects and things i put in a big bid a bid for a, a technology company i put in the bid for them and I man, this was like literally. I mean, the presentation that I gave it was, and they, they even said, "Oh, we're super impressed. That is a that is an awesome presentation you gave us, right?" Do you know that I did not get that bid? It was a bid, and I gave them. I you know I discounted the price even too because there was some some prestige and some advantages to to being with them. I'm sure maybe somebody came in with an even lower bid. Uh, I didn't go to the lowest bid, and, and I knew, well, some other people probably will, maybe, but I didn't think that would be a factor because it was such, but anyway, rejected, right? I'm just working my butt off on some things and bids and meetings and rejection, rejection. Like, wow, I mean, I'm, guys, and the media stuff too, I mean, and the writing stuff, I've been doing this a long time. I do this at a very, I do that at a very high level too. Anything I put my heart and soul into, I'm going to do it at a very high level. We're, we're aiming top of the pyramid for whatever I do. That's what that's what the goal is. I'm not saying that braggadociously. I'm just saying that factually. You're probably that way too. I don't do things just to do them. I don't do them to do them well. I do them to be awesome. I do them to be great. I do them aiming top of the pyramid. Same thing with the media stuff and public relations, communication stuff, writing. I put my heart and soul in that stuff. So when you get rejected and when you get a lot of rejection, that stings because I'm passionate. I don't, you know, I, I have friends, they... They're like all so zened out, and they're, they're like, I call them like flatline, right? They're the most zen. They're so cool. I don't want to be that way. Like, I like, I have a zen mode. I have a walking, like, just walk in the mountains mode, a monk mode. I have that, and my soul needs that, and I can enjoy quietude and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I like the range of emotions, the the up and downness, the, I like to be passionate. I like to feel things. I don't want to be this flatliner people like there oh i'm so zen i'm so zen. go somewhere with you if you're always in zen mode i feel sorry for you i feel like if you're always in zen mode i feel like you got the short end of the stick you got the short end of the stick you think i want to feel i want to feel the range of emotions the highs and the lows of life okay that's okay i like that i'd rather feel something than feel nothing oh but i'm so zen look how cool i'm eh, good luck with that I think people see me, I, I had this guy, who was an entrepreneur guy, he's a very wealthy guy, Chinese guy, very wealthy, and he was giving me counsel on some business stuff, free, we didn't, you know, I, did, I didn't bring him in as a partner or anything, and I was like, why does this guy always takes my call, he's always will meet me for dinner, like, what are you, why are you, you know, and the, the things I was dealing in entrepreneurially were nothing compared to the things he deals, and he deals in way bigger money, I'm like, why is this guy giving me why is he so it's married guy? I mean, why are you so interested? Because you don't have a lot as much financially to gain. What is it? He said, because you're so passionate. You're just so sincerely passionate. And I and I just can't believe it. And it's it's he's like, it's kind it's kind of amazing to see. It's also scary because you really it's like, you know, you just shouldn't be like that. That's not always the best thing in business, but I admire it. And I'm lucky, like with that, with that thing. People think, "Oh, he's mad, he's hostile." No, I'm not. This is this is zest. This is passion. This is intensity for life. This is wanting to squeeze everything out of every life, out of every moment, and being curious of everything, and wanting to be better and better and better, and being engaged, maximally engaged. This is not 
hostility. This is passion, baby. It's exactly what this is. But when you have that passion and you lead and you're tough and you 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 put yourself on the line and you put your heart and soul to things and you get rejected, rejection, 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 whether it's, you know, I'm past, you know, I have a girlfriend now, but I'm past the rejection of women. I mean, that used to bother me for years and years as a younger man. Like, wow, when women would reject me. That, that was hard, right? Make you think twice about asking women out. But that was part of the game. Now, that doesn't bother me now. Every woman, if I, if I were a single man, that doesn't bother me. Woman rejected I'm past that. But the business thing does. Put so much into that. And then, you know, so you have some, some rocky weeks there, right? And then... The weird thing about rejection is you can have, and this is true in the dating world, it's true in the entrepreneurial world, there's no rhyme or reason to rejection. And your rejections are not a, you know, we think that, oh, well, if I'm getting all these rejections, then that means I can't get some yeses in high places. Maybe I'll never do this big. And of course, what I've found is, you can get all these rejections from people like, man, these companies are nowhere. And, and, and you know, they're they're okay companies, right? They're solid companies, but they're not spectacular. Then you get the spectacular people, the Jedi's, and they say yes. And so you're thinking, you're scratching your head. It's like if you were single, you're like, hey, the ugly women are all rejected me, and the most beautiful, incredible woman's like, yes. That's kind of hard to believe for us sometimes, but that's the way it can work. The rejections, the, the rejections are not always an indicator of success, except that the people who are successful usually have a, a long line of rejection. So I had a couple weeks there. I was like, you know, I'm pleading to God, like, what's going on? I'm doing, I'm working my butt off. I'm putting hard and soul. I'm working late days. Like, what I do, what's going on? Like, when am I getting my break? When are you going to cut me some slack? I'm doing things the right way. I'm all in. Well, we've been having... This last uh, week, we had a really great week, man. I mean, just a lot of great things, a lot of great momentum, so the, the scales are balancing now. It's like, man, we went from that wave of rejection, now we're having a wave of good news, wave of momentum, so keep your head up, man. You know, whatever you are, man, woman, whatever you're, wherever you are, you just got to keep banging away, keep plugging away, and, and just keep... Uh, keep showing up so that's been that's been what's going on um here and i just feel really grateful i feel great things in my veins i hope you do too and uh the nutrition thing is a biggie the fitness and wellness thing i pretty much always try i used to when i wasn't training i used to Sometimes, um, if I was deep in, in journalism or something, I would be like, well, if I only work out for an hour today, that's okay. But now I'm like, you know what, I have to pretty much get an hour and a half of workout every day. Some days two hours, some days three hours. I haven't been able to get much three-hour workout many lately, but I sneak in there for an hour and then maybe sneak in a 20 or 30-minute walk. And that might be a typical day, but I do like, I like long workouts. I actually do. I've always liked them going back to my landscaping days when we would landscape a lot. And I was used to working in the hot sun and I like that. I like sort of that farmer ethos. I've always liked that. Like that's the hard work. I like it. I like the way I feel. I like the 
the ventilation. I like the therapy of it. So I've always liked longer workouts, uh, three hours, four hours, five hours, cycling, hiking. But just now with the entrepreneurial demands and fatherhood and um, all those things, have my, I have so many irons in the fire right now that it's, man, I mean, you know, a lot of days, hour and a half maybe, maybe two hours if I'm lucky. But I recommend anybody out there, I mean, you've got to make time, I tell my brother this all the time, you've got to make time for yourself, you've got to invest in you, you've got to, you really should have at minimum 45 minutes, an hour a day, where it's just you time, and you're getting out there, and you're working out, you're ventilating, you're getting that motion therapy, um, that meditation in movement, you really owe it to yourself to to do that. And I've always said now, nutrition trumps exercise by a long shot. If you have to choose one, it's nutrition by a landslide. People think that because they exercise a lot that that buys them, that that means that you're going to be the the holy grail of health. I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. Nutrition is the, you have your thoughts, you have nutrition, and you have exercise which is third or fourth or so on the list but that's hard for some people to imagine I mean you can you could be working out a lot and that does not guarantee anything and tons of people will die prematurely develop all kinds of conditions that's not uh, the nutrition is a lot more important but again you should be making time for yourself every bite matters Every workout is an investment in you. I'm walking right now. Look at this. I'm killing two, three birds with one stone. I got some content going. I, maybe I'm going to meet some awesome people. Some of you are going to email me at frankie at frankieforza.com. And we're going to start a communication and feedback and put more of what we think the, the world needs out there. So this is, uh, well, you know, as Eckhart Tolle used to say, what, what could be better than this? This is it. This is... These are the moments. This is the good life conversation. It's a monologue right now. It's an amazing. It's a monologue. I'm talking into a cell phone. Nobody listening. And yet, the paradox, maybe eventually thousands, maybe who knows. Maybe eventually, if it's meant to be, if God intends it, maybe millions. And it's really a monologue right now. I'm just expressing my inner and hoping that it resonates and connects with some of you out there. So... In any event, I'm still walking, but I may have run out of thoughts right now. Let's see how deep we are here. Um, But this has been Life Jitsu, Art of Life. FrankieForza.com. My social media, at Life Jitsu. Would love to hear from from everyone out there. Have a great rest of the day. Oh, let me see. I'm going to turn this off. Have a great rest of the day. And uh, take care.